But let's look at our focus this morning. It's the end of verse 1. And uh, this is going to begin a walk through the Scripture, because I want to underline in your mind uh, the concept of the goodness of God, and specifically how Satan caused Adam and Eve to doubt God's goodness. It says at the end of verse 1 of Genesis 3, Satan speaking, he says, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? You notice, just, just the way it sounds, is it wrong to eat fruit? I mean, is this some new diet? I mean, what? immediately it sounds funny. What does it mean you can't eat all this fruit? And doubting God's goodness is, he says, I, I want you to believe God is robbing you of something you should have. He's robbing you of that fruit. Look at it. Why would he ever tell you not to have that? And, and you start, start wondering, why is God limiting me? Uh, why is it that, that, that God uh, doesn't want me to be happy? Why does he allow me to continue in this condition I'm in, whatever it is? See, it's, it's just planting those seeds. And he planted in Adam and Eve's mind, God is not good. Why? Because he's limiting me. And you know, that same, we're tempted the same way. Young people are tempted that way. Every day young people are tempted with a world that they are supposed to operate under rules and everything and wait. And, and, and specifically in the moral realm, love can wait, but lust can't. And they say, oh, God's trying to take away. I, I want my pleasure now. And that's Satan's lie. Well, when Satan makes us doubt God's goodness, this is a direct attack on the moral attribute, the character of God. It's called His goodness. God's goodness can be defined, and I'll read from the dictionary. The goodness of God means God is the final standard of good and that all that God is and all God's does is worthy of approval. That's what the dictionary says. What does that mean? Everything God is eternally is good and everything God does is good. Now, that's important to think about. Why? Because the way He made us and the way He directs us through life, in our eyes, doesn't always appear good. But everything God does is good. And so what we have to learn is how to conform to seeing things in the perspective of God. Now, how do we do that? Turn to the middle of your Bible. Just open right in the middle to the Psalms. Okay, some of you might be new at this. If you just flip right to the middle, maybe a little to the left if, if you've got a lot of concordance stuff, you'll find the book of Psalms and find the 34th Psalm. Now, this is the first of about ten verses we're going to look at this morning. You might want to mark them. Uh, these are all teaching us about the character, the goodness of God. Psalm 34, verse 8. Now, if you can get this concept it becomes very powerful in your lives because God's goodness, the Bible teaches, is a refuge. Did you know we're involved in a storm all around us where Satan is, is, is putting out his horrible lies and saying, God is not good, God is not good. And so what are we supposed to do? Flee to a refuge. Look at verse 8. This is a beautiful verse. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now look at this. Blessed, or how blessed, is the man who takes refuge in Him. When we flee to God and throw ourselves wholly upon Him and say, You are good, and all you do is good, we find refuge. Because what we've done is we're not proudly going our own way. We're not choosing our own way. We're, we're not saying, uh, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I'm going to change this in my life. We yield to God, and we say, God... You have said 
that you are good and that if we come to you, that you will be our refuge so that we can see what's good in a situation that looks horrible. And you say, what do you mean by that? Well, turn to the next one, Psalm 84. Turn to the right, 84th Psalm in our theology of the goodness of God. Psalm 84, and I just want to show uh, several points. This is a psalm that you should have marked and underlined. I mean, this is a key psalm for your worship. Uh, it talks about worshiping the Lord, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. Verse 2, the cry of a worshiper, my soul longs and faints for you. Uh, my flesh cries out for you. I mean, it's just saying, I'm totally seeking you, God. Uh, when we come to God in, and yield to him as our refuge, he takes care of our problems. Verse 3, even the sparrow has found a home. That deals with worthlessness. A lot of people feel very worthless. I mean, in the animal kingdom, the sparrow in biblical literature is the worthless object, you know. Uh, it's it's a, a picture of worthlessness. And God says, if you feel worthless, come to me. The swallow, verse 3, has found a nest for herself. If you know anything about birds, swallows are restless. They're just flitting all around. They never finish their nest. You know, they're very restless. He said, if you're a restless person, you come to me. Look at the end of verse 3. Your altars, O Lord of hosts, that speaks of God's blessedness coming to him. Now, look at verse 11. For the Lord, restless, worthless people that feel so detached from God's goodness. For the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Look at this. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Yeah, that's a great promise. The goodness of God is that if I will walk uprightly, if I will walk in His light, if I will walk in yieldedness to Him, if I will come to Him with my hands, as George Mueller used to say, off from the scales. You know, most of us, when we're praying about something, we've got our finger, you know, like the proverbial butcher. You ever seen the Norman Rockwell picture where the butcher is pushing on the scale and on the other side the woman is pushing up on the scale? You know, they're trying to change the... Uh, uh, weight of the chicken she's buying. I mean, he always captured those, you know, and, and you know, the butcher knows what she's doing, so he's, and she's pushing up, and he's pushing down. You know, in prayer, it's kind of like that. We say, God, whatever your will is, but we're pushing that one down, right? We want that one. And, and if, if we do not push our way, look at this, no good thing will he hold back from those who walk in his way, walk uprightly. You know what that means? You want to have a godly husband or wife someday? If you say, God, with my whole heart I'll seek you, and I want your choice, I will wait, and I will trust, and I will obey, he will not withhold from you that great thing. Uh, Bonnie and I were celebrating our anniversary, and I remember uh, last year we talked through our whole 15 years, and I said, honey, there's nothing in my life I ever prayed for more than a godly wife. She said, well, that explains something. She says, because as soon as I saw you the first time, she says, my heart was drawn to you. She says, and I never knew you. I just saw you preaching, and I, my heart was drawn to you from the beginning. And when I met her, I just said to her, I said, you're the one I prayed for my whole life. How would you like to introduce yourself that way? Hi. First date. I prayed for you my whole life. You know, kind of like, oh, I've heard that story before. But if you do it, it's true. No good thing will God withhold from you in any realm of life if you walk uprightly, if I walk uprightly. Now, turn to Psalm 119. Here we go. Keep going to the right. A theology of God's goodness, Psalm 119, longest chapter in the Bible. Look at verse 68. This is what the Lord says. Thou art good and doest good. See, that's the, the goodness of God. Now look at this. 
Teach me your statutes. I'm not good, and I don't do good, and I'm not headed the right way. I want to. Do you see something about the goodness of God? There's a yieldedness to God. You are good. And God, I don't make good choices sometimes, and I don't, don't always go your way. So, you're good, and I want to yield to you, God. You see, the non-biblical but very true little statement is, God gives the very best to those that leave the choice to Him. Now, the American way is, we do it our way, and we get it now. God says, if you leave the choice to me, nothing good will I withhold from you. And the psalmist said, that's what I want, God. Psalm 119, verse 68, you're good, you do good, teach me your way. 